to the local bar podcast with your host chad alexander come on in we have a lot of friends we want you to meet well hello there from beautiful downtown columbia south carolina look at her right in the heart of rosewood this is the local bar it's kind of the local bar 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 professional podcaster my name is chad alexander all the places you can be you've decided to spend some time with us today for that we're incredibly grateful how you doing local bar can be found on itunes iheart spotify and a bunch of all the other places finding out that we're on uh, different podcasters you can find us pretty much anywhere just put in the local bar look for the picture of the cigar and the beer you know you're in the right place facebook twitter same handles follow us friend us if you're a podcaster over on Libsyn, we are all part of the Libsyn network. And uh, comments, questions, condolences, people that you think should be showcased on the local bar, please send it along to us, chad at localbarmedia.com. Well, if I can't get welding a family to happen the way I want it to, I'll have it happen some way. Or another joining me in a very special episode. It's like those old. Uh, we were talking about 1980s and 1990s sitcoms the other night. And it's on, on this very special episode of the local bar. The fiddle to my faddle, Maria. Maria, how are you? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> my wife Maria joins me again tonight. So we need to start off I love though. Fiddle faddle. Isn't that one? It's called. Do they still make it? I think it's called Crunch and Munch now, isn't it? Munch so, and Crunch. So I thought oh, I, love I that stuff too. I thought that Fiddle Faddle was the generic Crunch and Munch. It is Crunch and Munch. See, comes before anything that is caramel and popcorn or toffee and popcorn or toffee and chocolate. I don't really even care what it's called. It could be called Poison Man's popcorn. I love that stuff. I don't think they make either one of those. Now, I, I haven't saw seen Crunch and Munch. I saw it the other day. I haven't seen them in. I bet you it's been <laughs> since. That's because you don't do the shopping. No, but I go on Amazon. <laughs> you don't have to do the grocery shopping. They, they, they're, for some reason, they don't make them at Whole Foods. You do the pickup, like a special pickup. Like pick up the five-gallon water or pick up one Wine. or two things. Wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a girl I work with today, and we were talking about you know trying to like cut back and where we're going to stop, like how we can not gain weight. Cut and, back. We've been trying to cut back alcohol since I mean, we've met. What, since we met, yeah. And so she was like, yeah, so this is, so I've decided, like, I'm not going to eat, you know, extra sugars, and, and I've just decided I'm not drinking anymore. And I was like, yeah, I said that too. And then my husband went to go get water, and I texted him, could you please bring wine? <laughs> well, they do have very good wine there, and they it's, it's, it's actually pretty inexpensive. All right. Speaking of which, I know we talked briefly we kind of did the show prep the way we used to do show prep for welding a family, uh, which is you with a list of things and me being like, all right, let's go. <laughs> uh, we uh, we have something that we've got to talk about hard hitting at the very beginning because I have gotten emails about this. I've gotten phone calls about this. Oh, Lord, how mercy. So we have to talk about this. This is the real reason why I brought you I on. I know. I knew it was a trick. Yep. It was a very big trick when, when you're like, babe, can I help you with anything? <laughs> that's 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 to get that booty <laughs> well um what do you think this is if you know what it is i don't know now Go it's ahead. a hard hitting subject hit me baby people want to know hit what we me, think baby, about one more time. people want to know what we think about joanne's wine oh okay so i haven't talked about it we've okay. had it we've so uh, joanne tokarzewski 
who uh, works with Scout and Cellar Wines, was on the show three weeks back. Right. And she was extremely nice. She sent us four bottles of wine. We still haven't gotten a bottle of vodka from Ross, and that show was two and a half years ago. Well, I think there's some rules. And all well, there is something about so shipping cool. across yeah. lines and with, yeah. with liquor, but still. You should have stopped by there on your way to Texas. So Ross lives in Minnesota. Well, I mean, it's not here. It's like that way, right? Anything, anything is that way. Okay, <laughs> baby. <laughs> no, it is none of the way to Texas from South Carolina. Uh, my, okay. my geography uh, riddled wife. And by the way, I wasn't in Texas. I was in Alabama. No, I meant when you went to Texas. Oh, well, well, well I'll find it one of these days. But anyway. That's the reason why Sterling's not being taught by me. <laughs> Which is why we we stopped homeschooling our child. Um, no, so we, we got these four bottles. Yes. We've had, I'm, I'm actually drinking one now. We've had a red. We've had a white. I'm having the second red right. we've had. The white was really good. Right. I really liked that. And that was the one that she said everybody's liking right now. Yeah. It was the, oh gosh, I can't remember. Bird dog something. It's something with a dog. I will. We'll have to put it in the show notes. Yeah, it, it was uh, the show notes that I never do. Um, it, she talked about it on the show. Go back and listen to it. <laughs> uh, but th- that was that one was really good. I professional from, promoters. Yeah, I know. From beginning to end, I really liked that one. Yeah. Um, we tried a red I was okay with. I wasn't really jazzed about it. Well, it was a it was a cab and it was listed as a cab. And my problem is is that I like really earthy stuff and I know that. Well, and and in its defense, we were also having very heavy food. We were having very um ascetic food. Yeah. Because we had I, I made the uh squash um spaghetti. Yeah. So it was a very thick red food and i don't think that would have paired very well but if we had had something like um like something on the lighter side maybe some shrimp or maybe something you know lighter i don't know all right but that i probably would have been better i am drinking the zinfandel now the middle jane zinfandel i wanted to try that i'm not gonna lie this may be better than the white oh this well, may be my favorite let me one finish my glass yeah. <laughs> that's why i brought the whole bottle out here to the studio um this may be my favorite it is it is bold. I it, love the I love the label. The, the label with the with the jersey on it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean the the um letterman jacket. It is um it is bold. It is not bitter. It, that's one of the things. They're not bitter at no, all. No. I kept waiting for something I kept waiting for an aftertaste with any of them. There is no aftertaste with any of them. No, it's very light. It's very easy to drink and um and I didn't feel I, I I I totally understood what she was saying where you don't feel this heaviness afterwards. Like I didn't feel that way. Well, that brings me to my final point on these wines. Is it was very nice for Joanne to send us four of them, but we've drank we've drank them at four different times. So what we need to do is we need to place an actual order. Oh, I'm going to. And then what we need to do is put it to the test to see if it gives us hangovers or not. I'm, and I'm talking about the Chad and Maria test. Where we really well, go we drink through all them. four bottles yeah. in one night, yeah. and then and then we see if they really go. Through. No, they, yeah. all kidding aside, I I do like them. I mean, I, oh, I, I definitely like them. I've had organic wines. I've had, I mean, the skinny girl wines. I've I've had all those kinds of things before. Mm-hmm. 
And there's always something about them that tastes. There's always something metallic about it, if that makes sense. There's something mm. about the that bites in the back of my jaw that I don't like. Yeah. I, not a single bit of that in these. I'm I'm actually really impressed with these. You know I, what? I'd love to pair it with some cheese. Say cheese again. Cheese. <laughs> Speaking of cheese, Ace texted me and said, are you the one, um, d am I mistaken, or do we have a conversation about how much you love Clemson blue cheese? And I was like, mm, I'm actually, this, I'm allergic yeah, to blue so cheese, it would have killed but you. I love every other cheese made in this world besides blue cheese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, no, it yeah, wasn't me. It wasn't you. Yeah, it wasn't you. <laughs> but if you have some extra cheese other than blue cheese, I would love to eat it. <laughs> it's funny that you bring Ace up, because that segues into part of what, I wanted to talk about, which actually segues into what you wanted to talk about tonight. Ace and I, our, our friend uh, Andrew Ace Evans, a uh, gentleman that was on the show last year where we talked about him uh, getting ready to run the New York Marathon. And he was raising money for a uh, school program. Here I go again, not being prepared on the show. Do you remember the name of the school program? It was where they put music programs in schools around the country. Right. Ah, dang we it. We need to do a better job. I know. This is, well, they don't pay us. So um, uh, Ace and I went and caught, got caught up again last night because we hadn't seen each other in so long because we ran. <laughs> we saw each other Monday. We uh, Actually, Ace just finished on Monday a big-time running streak. Right. Three, Super excited for him. 365 days running two, at least two miles. Which is insane because, talking about wine... We have had lots of wine with Ace on lots of different occasions, and he still got up when I probably couldn't have even held down an egg. He ran two miles. <laughs> there was there was a night that he and Jamie were at our house, and actually he reminded me of this. It was two weeks into it last year where they came over to our house, and we got we got into drinking pretty good. I think I went to bed. And Ace <laughs> was like, I haven't run, and I'm like, crap, and... I let him borrow my shorts and a shirt, oh, that's right. which he does not fit in. I wear a, a larger shorts than him. And we cinched him up, and we went running for a two-mile run that night. That's and, right. uh, But, no, he, he, he just finished it. I, I'm pretty sure over the next few months, Ace will be on the show talking about something. I know that he's looking at writing an article, Yep. maybe a book out of this. There, there's a really cool lesson with all this. But, anyway. All that aside, Ace and I were catching up last night. Um, Try to go to the Cock and Bull, which I love to give them a shout-out when I can. Cock and Bull is a great place here in Columbia, South Carolina, but they were slam-packed. They did not need my promotion last night. So we went over to Dano's, which I think is completely underrated here in Rosewood. I know. You love that place. Uh, our, for some reason, our daughter refuses to go there. She's so funny, though. You know, I think like she knows. I think she knows we right. all like it. So. Exactly. That's how she is. Mm. You know. But we were sitting there last night, and Ace and I were talking. We had a really good conversation, and, and, and the crux of what we were speaking about was we started down the path of what he had learned on, on, on the run, right? Which is kind of what we were talking about while we were running the other night, but we, we, we just went a little bit deeper into it. Right. And then we started talking about how he picked this run and this streak during the COVID period. Of everybody's life. Very interesting, or too. Or hopefully yeah. what we don't refer to as the first COVID period of everybody's life. Um, one of the things we were talking about is the, the atrophy, if you will, in, in human interaction. And that, uh, to, to, to put it bluntly, 
people have forgotten a couple of things. Like, we were joking about how when you go to shake somebody's hand, you don't know which one you're supposed to do. Somebody that you haven't seen in a while, you go to give a hug, you're not sure, and all of a sudden it's this weird thing that feels like none of you should have started it in the first place. Right, but like, I've always had that. Right. Because right. <laughs> I have this whole weird thing. So, but for like, the oh, doing my thing. But for the rest of us... Um, and then it was it was brought up in our conversation about you know people have forgotten how to have a conversation and this is this is actually pre-covid but since we've been so distanced and living off of social media living off text zoom all those things where we're not interpersonal anymore one of the things I talked to Ace about was that I was sitting around watching people when I was in Birmingham when I was at the cigar cigar bar right. and I saw all these different people and they were they were in smaller groups two here two here two here four here two here and I and I could I could pretty much there's a lot of dinging going on if you hear the dinging notifications I do have, I'll let you know if you're a longtime listener of the show uh, Matt Bridges my buddy who uh, has been on the show quite a few times has had a baby and everybody else is finding out about it and there's a group text that apparently I'm a part of. Well, so his wife his wife had the baby. His wife had the baby. Yes, yes, yes he did not have it back. So it's if, a lot of work. If he let's if, give his wife credit. If he had it, he'd be back on the show. We'd be selling the rights to it. Uh no, but they they just they welcomed their uh their daughter um at six ten tonight. That's so, right. Yeah. Um but one of the things that, that we talked about is how people have forgotten how to have that conversation. And, and in that cigar bar, I was watching folks and I was noticing some things. I mean, people generally interrupt each other. They interject or whatever, if you will. But I noticed it was kind of an alarming rate to where it was more than I'd ever seen before. And because of that, I've paid a little bit more attention to how people have been talking to each other. And it seems like we've just kind of forgotten how to how to interact with people because we haven't been around them for a year. Some people have it. Now you and I work in areas and we both don't give a damn. And we have kept up with our friends and done what we've wanted to because this is America. I'm not gonna try to go too hard down that path. And uh but we've still kept up with people. But it's obvious to me that we have forgotten how to have conversations with each other. Your thoughts, Maria? Interesting. That's very interesting. So, one of the things that... So, here's the thing. Today, we had... Um, so, we always have a lot of kids at our house constantly. There are always multiple children at our house, which I love. I absolutely love that. So, we have a little boy that comes over, and he does not speak. He does not speak to anyone. He does not speak... He's not spoken for years. We've been friends with him for at least three years, and he's not spoken you even volunteered in the classroom and he barely 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 spoke yeah. um but we do always speak to the children like we have conversations with them we try to figure out what they are excited about and we engage with them we we, we, we all right so let's, let me put it a different way okay we have real conversations right. with these children because we care. It's not like we we do anything fake. Like we we no, they like, will sit yeah. and talk with us like we're we're friends of theirs because that's generally the role we right. play. Right. We yeah. figure out what they like and then they you know whatever. So anyways, today the little boy came over that doesn't speak and I asked him a question and normally he just like looks. He just doesn't even speak. He just has his eyes and you can say you can tell he's saying yes or no by the, his eyes, the way he moves his eyes or whatever. The child can speak. He doesn't have a problem speaking. He just is very he uncomfortable. Just He's yeah. just very uncomfortable speaking to adults. 
So today, we had a full conversation. <laughs> like a full conversation. Like I addressed him by name, and I asked him more than five questions, and he answered them all. And then he even elaborated on two of them. Sure, yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, this is awesome. I and I so so for us, I think it's very important that we have taught our children to speak. When we go to a restaurant, they order their food. Like it's important for them to be able to speak to waitresses and waiters. It's important to teach that. And I don't know if that's just not been taught or we just find it easier to not do it or we're just back on the whole social media so we just don't have conversations with people i don't i don't know i don't know what's going on but definitely there's definitely some kind of lack in there's a disconnect in communication about communicating <laughs> so I, I will also add that after you had this great conversation with this boy all of a sudden he very awkwardly stood up and goes i think it's time for me to go and he walks right out the door which i understand like that was a lot for him because he's a freakazoid well i mean he had that was a lot you know that was a lot for him like he definitely got out of his comfort zone he definitely talked to us he came in there with us like instead of like hanging out with the kids and it was just like you know i think that we i think which goes into the things that we're going to talk about we really need to push this next generation to have real conversations so even if it's not comfortable let's let's go ahead and go there but i do as we go as we transition here i do want to bring up for anyone that is a generation x or like us the the best when you're trying to describe this young boy and we've laughed about this because this is essentially who he is if you're a generation x or he is a skinny version of the character Peter on the Cosby Absolutely. Show. Absolutely, that's exactly what 1, he is. Thousand like, percent. He, I'll, I'll speak to him, and he will take off running out of the house and run down the street. <laughs> and he's like, got that whole like shaking his head yeah, little thing where yeah. he's got his eyes real big and his mouth in like this little perfect O, and he won't even speak. And he's just yeah. like, mm, it just takes on just off, <laughs> and he just runs down the street. He's gone. <laughs> And then he, but like, I was like, but he's oh my, constantly here. I know. I was like, gosh, I hope I didn't scare that kid. And then all of a sudden he's back again the next day. I was like, hey, and, hey, what's going on, dude? And he's good. He's good for a bit. And then all of a sudden when I see his hands, he's kind of got the T Rex hands going. <laughs> I know it's about to happen. I was like, hey, do you need something? And then he's, it's done. He, run, he it's runs gone. out of the bolts out of right. the house like it's on fire. Right. Yeah. Just like Peter did. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, exact, it's the exact same thing. All right. So. We're going to talk, it's funny because my wife is the one that came up with this subject. We are going to talk, we're going to skirt very close to subject matter that my wife told me she didn't want me to get anywhere near when I brought this podcast back, and this was her idea to do it. Well, it's on your show, not our show. (laughs) Our show's sitting there cold. That's right. Oh, Jesus. All right. As soon as cancel culture is gone, is canceled, <laughs> we will come back. We we've gotten used to speaking in the sound bites that Twitter and Facebook give us. I believe that's what it is. And we. It's start- interesting. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know that, but I can I can understand it from the things that you tell, tell me you that's about- on Twitter. Yeah. It seems like it, it, if if I can go back, I remember a long time ago. When the internet first came out and anybody would have anything and there would be comments and comments were anonymous, it was awful. Anybody that started a YouTube channel, I remember I remember Brian Brushwood 
a decade ago talking about never read your YouTube comments. Like, I read every email that comes to us. Yeah, but you don't read them to I me. don't tell you about them. <laughs> but Brian was like, you never look at your own YouTube comments. When people are anonymous, they are grotesque. That, that, that was a, a thing. Right. We've, we've morphed to where we don't care that we're anonymous anymore. People hide behind their Twitter handle like they, like they are anonymous. And they still, we, we've gotten so used to speaking to people in a way where dignity has gone, has gone out the window. We, we have no idea what that is anymore. I, I'm saying all that because you brought up something that I thought was interesting. And I, and I think the internet, while it's helped make the world smaller, it's also helped it make, make it less dignified. And I think that now, when we've been forced for a year by our communist dictator governments that we have completely around the world that are in cahoots with everything about this stuff, and you can look at me like I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not. I'm not looking Because at you. I've run out of conspiracies because they've all come true, so I'm trying to borrow some from other people. Oh. Um, all right, we're a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a, I got a, I got an email from someone. Who's the guy that I used to always speak out against? And when I, when that 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 radio station from Missouri was um, broadcasting us, they had me on after him. Honey, there's no way I'm even gonna remember. He's the big time national guy that's a freakazoid. Right, that, I get it, but I'm anyway, not gonna remember names. Now, now that he and I think the same way, it'll come to me in a minute. Now that he and I think the same way, it kind of bothers me. Anyway, we've been talking about. Um, how people are communicating together, though. You brought up something very interesting pre-show. I'm going to look up that guy's name. Okay. So what I was saying, so I was cleaning today, and I was thinking about um, what, I was thinking about how we are, so we, we're really trying to get into this protective mode is really what it kind of boils down to. Like we want to protect, we want to protect, um, I say we, and I, I guess it's not a very a fair statement. Um, the people that have opinions that we want to be very inclusive and not exclusive. And I need to, to I guess, um, define that a little bit more. Because I have always taught our children um, and our children's friends to be inclusive. Like, there's, there, you're not going to come over here and... Like, there's going to be five people playing, and four people are having a great time, and you're going to outcast one. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how we want to make sure everyone feels great, and everyone is like, and even if someone's different, we're going to uh, abide by what they think instead of what the majority thinks, right? As far as, and I'm right. not, um, you might want to help me out, try to give it an example. But, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to... I was thinking about how uh, everybody wants everything to be fair. Everybody wants to have participation trophies. Everybody wants to make everything like completely fair and everything's great. And and I understand that. I, I completely can understand that as a mom because, you know, for instance, Sterling's uh, school, like, it was tough. Like, she didn't, she did not get awards. She didn't get any awards this year. And as as a mom, um, I, my first instinct was like, oh, my gosh, you know what? Next year, I'm not even going to let her go to the last day because she's probably not, like, she's just not one of those children that's going to get awards. Like, Bryn, 100% is going to get awards. Like, we know that. 
definitely. Sterling's just not that. She's never going to get the uh, attendance award. She's never going to get the on-time award. Like she's no, just that's uh, y'all's right. fault. Right. I mean, that's just not going to happen. She's really. I mean, she may get a B honor roll, maybe, but she might not, and that's just not. She she's probably not going to be this award Sarah like she's just not going to get all these awards and so my first instinct was like you know what next year we're just gonna I'm gonna plan this great big plan and she's gonna have a great time and we're not gonna she's not gonna go to the awards and then I was like really really what are you doing like why are you protecting her and and trying to like uh, put her in this bubble where she never feels pain like understand that as a I'm, I'm having this conversation with myself like I understand that as a mom like you love her and you don't want her to feel pain but is it isn't that where you grow isn't that where you you find your drive it, or you decide that's not what's important and you figure out what is important like isn't that where you figure that out and I think that we've gotten to this situation where we want everyone to feel included and we want everyone to feel happy and no one feel left out or pained and I don't I'm not talking about real bullying not like you just you said something mean to me and that's bullying I don't think that's bullying I'm talking about like I'm not I'm not talking about real bullying I'm talking about where you just didn't feel included or you just didn't you didn't find your place I think if we constantly make this world where everyone feels that way, then then we lose our fight. We learn we we lose the um, the ability to learn how to fight for something because everything's easy. Everything is just fine. Everything is just like, ah, well, okay, I got this. I don't really have to work hard. It's kind of like um, I, I guess to try to related is is when you're in a job where it's just mundane and you just go to it every day and you do your job and you don't really have to push yourself very hard yeah and then stuff starts kind of slipping because you're like oh i can just do that tomorrow i can catch up tomorrow and then it's like oh my goodness i haven't done this for two weeks and i've got all this (laughs) stuff that i gotta do and then now i'm like behind and i i think that if we just continue to make everything easy and comfortable then we're really not teaching our kids how to fight for things so you bring up there's there's a couple of interesting things about the point that you make um everything okay over there mm-hmm. okay yep. um excuse us we we do have family things that pop up so we have to watch our phones to make sure it used to be we we when we did welding a family we were watching a baby monitor <laughs> now we're watching to see who we're getting texts from it's amazing how time flies uh, when you talk about her getting awards, you know, I think the confliction does, it, it is interesting. You you said in a very matter-of-fact statement that Sterling is not going to get those awards. Well, I was very, I please hope, I hope she doesn't hear this before she graduates <laughs> high school. <laughs> well, it's not, and, and by the way, I plan on having Sterling on here. It, it was actually, on a different, yeah, yeah right, for, for, different a, for a same kind of thing, but um, you 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 said that very matter of factly, and I think sometimes we we forget about letting our kids adapt to a situation. So Bryn, Bryn is very goal driven. She she always has been. Always. It is very, it is very like natural three. to her. Like right. I, like I can remember videos when she was like two years old, and you were like, oh my goodness, look at this. She remembers. She can read this book. She read that she and she she didn't she couldn't read obviously, but she remembered. Remember it. It. it was it, it, yeah. was, it was nuts. 
Um, she's very goal driven. She gets that from neither of her parents. She gets it from her grandparents somewhere. But um, she she does a very good job. But I will say at the same time, when you want to have the nature versus nurture debate, Bryn also is very aware of where goals are. She's very aware of where her classmates are. Sterling has changed schools over the past four years three times. Because she went from going to preschool to going to an, uh, a public elementary school to now a private elementary school. And she was, and honestly, so she went to the nanny um, when she was six months to a year. And then she went to mom. And mom kept her until she went to preschool when she was four. Right. Now, so she's transitioned a lot. A lot. Now, now, for full disclosure... Both of our girls went through a divorce in their in their at in the their families at, at two years old. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're they've both been through transitions. And second, we're not trying to to fabricate anything here. One of them is a very driven. That's her kind of thing. The other one is a free spirit. We completely understand they're two 100 different children. One hundred percent free spirit. It's not we're trying to make them the same. All right. right. All that being said, I think it bothered Sterling that she didn't. It did. it did bother and, and so that that's where I think the conversation lies. All right, so us as parents, do we want to bitch and moan and say, oh, my gosh, my child's upset. She put forth a lot of effort. Or do we want to sit back and say, you see that? I bet if you strive, maybe you can get one of those awards next year as a carrot on the end of the stick. And I think that is where that ideology is different. I, there are people that absolutely believe we shouldn't hurt somebody's feelings, and they shouldn't feel any pain. And to me, that is absolutely ridiculous because life does not work that way. True. Life does not work that way. I also think that's a third way to look at it. You really worked hard, and just because you didn't get something doesn't mean you didn't really work your butt off. So be proud of that because that's kind of the stance that I took. I was like, Sterling... I get it. Like you, you worked really hard, and I understand that it's it's sad that you didn't get anything. Like you've talked, like, and I did tell her that I was like, you've said that a few times that you didn't get an award, and 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 I understand that, and I'm really I'm sorry that you didn't get it, but you don't don't discount the fact that you you came from me teaching you the last semester, right. and getting mostly C's your first semester of of the first time you ever actually got graded on things right and you're in a private school okay so i, I, I didn't want to like i i understand what you're saying about like striving to do do better to possibly getting that but it's also okay if you didn't get it right so uh, here, here's how i feel about that I, I think you're absolutely right and i and i do believe that that absolutely has to be there because there are only so many awards that you can get. And those awards are, are there. And the sole purpose of having awards is to get kids to strive to, to, to do that. Right. That doesn't mean they're all going to get it. And that's the problem with, like, participation trophies because right. everybody gets one. There's no reason to work. But I think that falls, and I know this sounds crazy, especially to people that are part of the public school system which I'm a product of, and I have no problem saying this, 
but it's kind of up to the parents to do that thing. Like it is up to parents to understand and to guide your kids in that manner and, and, and do that and to give them that kind of award from you. Like, yeah, hey, listen, that, that's great that they got that award. First of all, the public attendance thing is such crap. <laughs> Especially um, during COVID. Um, it's such, such like, a crap award. Uh, yeah. How do you win it during COVID? Screw that crap. <laughs> that's somebody, that's the principal's so niece got that. It doesn't count if the school sent you home. Oh, that's and just. And then Sterling was like, um, well, my teacher said that you should always come, even if you're just a little bit sick. But if you're really, really sick, don't oh, come. And just, I was like, Sterling, like, we got emails about if you felt kind of bad. <laughs> right. I, I was like, like, but look, I'm going to let you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you know you're never going to get that award. You're never going to get 100% right, of Because your mommy is never going to. Because <laughs> I'm never 100% there. And, I mean, if you want to strive for that, that's okay. But I'm just going to let you know. It's just never going to happen. There is something about receiving notor- notifications and notoriety from your peers, and I understand that. Uh, not from your peers. I'm saying that as those of us at work. When you're in school, from the from the teachers in the school. I, I completely get that. But I think there's nothing wrong, like you were saying, in that third way. And But I, I do think that falls on parents. I mean, look, we haven't talked about this on this show, and we're certainly not going to talk about it tonight. But But... Every kid has a different issue at school. Yeah. You and I, you and I are in this family. In this family, we've documented on our other show that I would love to bring back one day, just throwing that out there. We've been brought up in, in two different completely two completely different households. We've been brought up in, in, in completely different manners. It doesn't mean that we haven't in two social classes. Like in a right. lot of different ways, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of differences between the two of us. Yet that doesn't matter in our household. What matters is how hard you work, what you how how you treat other people, things like that. There's there's initial core values right. that we learned one way or another in two completely different ways. Right. The thing about this, like, so I'm going to use our daughter as an example. She didn't just have a hard year coming out of COVID like a lot of other kids did. I mean, tons of kids have had problems with that. We pulled her out of the private school because of what was going on. We put her into a public school because we realized that you really did not want to sit around and teach her. <laughs> and we also were in a, in, in a situation where we couldn't do it because of our jobs. Yeah. It really wasn't ideal. And we found something that really worked out. She did really well, but it's a very, very tough school for a young lady that was it, it was at a great public school i'm I'm nothing against where she was yeah we loved it but it's a completely different level and sterling has risen to the occasion sterling has also had some things thrown at her personally that have nothing to do with us but have been very very trying where if we sat here and and listed it out most of the people listening to the show would not believe that this child was even able to go to school right in that case, I can understand because I want to make sure that people understand that we aren't just from some privileged families. And I can already see you smirking as I say that because people don't really fully know our backgrounds because we don't really bring them up on our shows. Maybe we should. All right. <laughs> How about we start a show again before we do that? Okay. But the thing about it is, is that Sterling has really overcome a ton of things that have been thrown at her. Right. And we understand where she is, and it it would be very easy to say, 
Well, you don't know what my daughter has dealt with at home. She deserves that award just like that person that's up there that is the the local dentist kid, right? (laughs) Right. But the thing about it is that, that I think we've forgotten in our society, and I think we've forgotten in every society. And like you said, we grew up in different social classes. We had different things about the two of us. But life has come and found both of us in horrific ways before in our past. True. That dentist kid could be going through crap, too, you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it keeps the lights on. I understand that. I have a hard time getting to school in the snow just like you do, except I do it in a Land Rover. It's a completely different conversation. But there are still things that haunt people that you don't know about. That's and, right. and I worry that we're way too presumptive with that. Well, I feel like we got to... We got to just take a minute and and just be more real. Like, I mean, how are they going to survive these situations if we're constantly protecting them for everything? So here's the thing. So um, talking about our two daughters. So I would warn Sterling before something. And then if she just was going to go ahead and do it, she was just going to go ahead and do it. Like, I didn't put a bubble around her. And so she has a lot of scars. She has a lot of scars on her legs so she, and her elbows and her arms. And, and, you know, I would just say, look, I'm warning you, but you're going to probably fall. Right. And she's um, she's more of our daring child. More of our She is flat <laughs> out our daring child. So she child. has no fear. Yeah. Bryn was a, was probably like, now don't do that, you might get hurt, and she does not want to get hurt. Like, that right. is a big fear of hers, is to get hurt. She doesn't want to feel pain. Um, Sterling's like, well, I'll probably survive. Now, she does be, she can be very dramatic at times. Oh, yeah, when she needs that attention. <laughs> right. But um, I think. Susan Lucci of our family. <laughs> right. What do you call her, Nancy Kerrigan? <laughs> Uh, yeah, all the time. It's like, wait, so they're crying like Nancy Kerrigan every time she stubs her toe. Yeah. However, she's not afraid to climb the tree. Right. You know, and that, and I think that that's the difference is that if we constantly try to, like, protect every single aspect, not only do they not take a chance on things because they're, they don't, they're too afraid of what pain feels like. They're not even sure they're going to be able to handle pain. But do they even learn how to fight for anything? And so, that's what I worry about. I think so. We talked about that previously, and, and I've been thinking about it while we've been talking tonight. And I'm worried about that. Go back to the second episode of this show I ever had was about Smitty, our friend Smitty. Right. Yep. He got mad. Who got but he got fired right. from a gig. From something that didn't even happen. He didn't even do. Right. Comes to the bar at three o'clock. I don't know why I was there. Oh, I was, I I'm no certain idea. I'm certain that I was working that day. <laughs> and he walks in and he's like, one of these days I'm gonna start my own backpacking company. Well, why don't you do it? And we, I'd sat there and for some reason I had I, I felt like I was in the right place at the right time. All right, I'm gonna challenge old Smitty. Look at look at him now. And he goes around. This guy goes around the world, backpacking he's been to, the, uh, to Antarctica. Yeah, like I don't he, know. He's been to Antarctica. Well, he's been to Ar- the, Argentina. Or no, I thought he went to the cold place. 
All right, no, he's that's Iceland. Okay, so right. okay, Antarctica well, is where people don't so exist. Still, either way, I, yeah, I right. mean, could it's, you it's imagine cold. the guy that came in at three o'clock in the afternoon taking a trip to Iceland? Yeah, right. No, like I, really, I would have never thought that would have happened. He now has suspension tents. Now has a carrying case with wheels to get them up those like really far hikes. It's, it's really cool. If you haven't checked out southeastern backcountry adventures, there we go. I, I, I at least got a friend of ours oh, in here somehow. Nice. Yeah. Um, For $25, he will remember your name and your product. More than that. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing about it is, though, is that if you don't take risk, and that's the problem. We've gotten to where everybody should have participation trophies because we don't want anybody to feel pain. But the problem is, in order to be successful, you have to try something. You've got to roll the dice. You've got to figure something out. You've got to – and there's so much free knowledge out there with YouTube and Google. The they, you can almost, and I'm only throwing almost in there because you and I have a debate about college all the time. You can almost spend three years Googling crap and be more successful and better for better ready for business than you can going to a four-year college. I, I know that sounds crazy, no. but it is there. I was going to say, like, every time I decided I'm going to do something – and I'll say, well, I'm just going to do this. And you're like, well, do you know how to do it? And I'm like, I'll just Google it. Like, that's constantly our conversation. That's <laughs> what I say to you. That's not what you say to me. How do you hear this in your head? Oh, my gosh. Every time I say a project that I think you should already uh, done, then you're like, are you going to uh, do I'll, Like, I'm going to do this myself. No. And you're like. I'm sorry. I confuse that. I confuse that. Yeah. You, you're always the one challenging me on everything. Like, oh, did you do this right? Did you build it at this kind of angle? Did you do whatever? Blah blah blah. I was like, yes, I know exactly what I'm doing. Anyway, um, I do think that's. I do think there's something in that. And I think we've forgotten at the, the joy that that follows with coming through and doing something great. But everybody's so, so afraid of failure. And we do that with our kids. It's the same the same thing that you you even admitted to, which I, I'm so glad that you did. And and that's okay because it's a natural human response. I don't want my kid to be upset about something. So I want to keep them from feeling this pain. When at the same time, the only reason you and I have been successful is you can look at our resumes. But outside of our resumes are 10 other stories of where there's been failure somewhere. And people forget that. I mean, people like that's right. what you do. It helps you get better. And just because you fail doesn't mean you stop. It means you try it a different way. Well, yes, because I failed my entire way until I think I met you. I mean, marriage is <laughs> no, for sure. Like you know, that's what I thought. Like when I left, when I left my house in the middle of the night for two weeks of taking my stuff and putting it in some dude's truck. This is when you were in high school. I graduated. All right. I graduated high school, and I was like, I don't want to live this life. I don't want to do this. But I had no way of understanding even how life worked, but I knew I didn't want to do this. So for two weeks, I just pulled some stuff out, and every night I would say, I'm going out with my friends. And then two weeks later, I called my mom and said I wasn't coming home, and I've been on my own ever since. And it's, I knew I was going to fail. Like, I knew I was going to fail, but I was going to figure it out. Now, I would never throw my, my my child in deep water and just tell them to swim because that would be horrible. But I also feel like that's kind of what you have to do in life a little bit. So I, I mean, you need to stand there with a life preserver, you know, as a good parent. 
All right. But you can't continue to be like, oh, my goodness, no, here is everything in life that you need as a safety device. Because are you ever going to learn to, are you ever going to learn to swim? If you always have on your life jacket, if you always have your swimmies on. So I'm going to play a game with you. You bring you bring a great point up. You don't get to look at your phone for answers on this. I, don't know, I mean, you can look at your phone if Starling's texting you. I'm just saying. Yes, but you know, she is. Go ahead. You don't. You don't get. You don't get. Is, is she on her way back? Do we oh. need it? We're good. Go ahead. Okay. By the way, by the way, by the way, uh, Maria. <laughs> here's how ridiculous Sterling is, and I love this, but it is ridiculous. After swim practice tonight, uh, Sterling got McDonald's. She got a milkshake. She got some macaroni and cheese that that Maria made for her because she really wanted that, uh, but then she didn't touch it. And then she went down to her best friend's house a block away, and you went in to see what was going on? So I went in to fuss. um, Let's be real. Like, I went in to fuss at her because it was dark, and she did not take responsibility of her actions and tell me where she was going to be. I knew where she was. I knew where she was. But it's a whole lesson She needs to tell me. She needs to make eye contact with me and have a conversation to tell me where she is. And so she went down to have steak and potatoes <laughs> and chicken and corn and bread. And our and our and our daughter who never eats anything is down there gobbling it and now up. Now she's is going to what? Charleston tomorrow to go tour the warship. Oh, she, are you kidding me? <laughs> she's living her best life, and then what she always this says, is, "This is my best life, baby." My best life, baby. <laughs> Man, if this is her best life, whew. <laughs> When they when they fail their driving test, how you gonna feel? It happens. When that boy breaks their heart. It happens. When they get an F somewhere in high school. I know it stinks. Hang on, we're we're, we're going to keep going down no, this I road. No, I know. They don't get into the college they want to. I will cry with them. They can't figure out how to get into college that they want to go. Well, there's Google. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. Marriage doesn't work out. That sucks. Death of a loved one. As long as it's not me. <laughs> Eventually, there's things we can't protect them we from can't. anymore. So at what point do we want our people and our kids to learn hard lessons when we're gone? Because if we're their first hard lesson, then what have we really taught them? You know, it's funny. So... Like we talked about, like we grew up differently, very differently. And people in my family, even in my family, grew up differently than my brother and I. And my mom, a couple years ago, because, you know, mom and I went through this whole transition. And I can remember her, I almost feel, and I could have had the details wrong, but I almost feel like we were sitting on my back deck in Lexington where, like, we were all like a whole full what do you call that full tuition is that what you say sure okay so we were sitting back there and we were talking and she was dad had already passed away and and and, and to give you the setup i was getting divorced mom and dad had moved in because dad had cancer dad died mom's living with me and i have sterling and i'm a single mom with my mom living in a house 
So everything is way crazy, not what we had planned. Right. And I remember her saying, like, I wish things were different. I wish I could have done more for you and Jay. And I'm like, what do you, what do you, what does that mean? Like, what would you have done differently? Well, I just wish I could have helped you financially more than I did. And I looked her square in the eye, and I, and I, and I mean this. I am so thankful that she didn't. I'm so thankful that when both Jay and I, different parts of our lives, had no money, and we called mom to just to cry, not to ask for anything, but just to cry, like, oh my gosh, how are we even going to make this? We figured it out. Like, there was no, there was no money. There was no, like, here's, here's, I'm just going to send this to you just to make you, like, there was none of that. There was none of that um, rescue or fix it. You know, we figured it out. She she cried with us. She felt the same pain that we felt. But she didn't fix things for us because she couldn't. But we we both saw mom in a situation where no one fixed it for her. Like I can remember very, very vividly. There were two situations that I remember very vividly growing up. And we grew up in this old mill house. And and I'm not even joking. Like, Mom took a hammer and flattened ten cans and put them over the holes that were in the walls because the rats were coming in. And she took ten cans and she, I remember her hammering, hammering those cans flat and and. and taking nails and hammering into the holes in the wall and she didn't eat so that we could eat and our favorite meal was hamburger buns and cheese and a can of chili and we thought that was the greatest meal in the world later in life she told us that was because the that's the only thing that she had in the house and it was stale hamburger buns that she actually pulled the mold off of and cheese and a can of chili, and she put it on there, and we called that, she called it the poor man's dinner, and we thought it was the best dinner ever. Anytime we ever asked, like, can we choose what we have for dinner, Jay and I both chose that meal. Do you think, do you think you would be as successful, or do you think you'd be the person you are without that kind of hardship? No, I don't. So would you have rather someone had come in and, I mean, while, while there are times that we all want, to not grow up that way. That's interesting that you say that. You and I, you and I, you've you've brought me into the world of foster care. We've had those pictures that have come up on our memories in Facebook mm-hmm. over the past couple of days. It's been really cute. I've been thinking of our our Mowgli boy too. <laughs> I wonder where. Um, how old would he be now? Oh my goodness, he would be eight. One no, of, no, seven, seven, seven. One one of these days, we need to tell the story of him. On one yes. of these days. But Maria it was always big in the foster care system, and we, we did emergency placement when we would take care of kids and stuff like that. I mean, it's you, you look at it. You want to take pain away from kids, but we see what people are really growing up with. Can you? First of all, the first question is, can you really do it? Can you really make everything equal? Can you really, honest to God, beat life? And make things equal for everybody and fair in the in the sense that everybody in the world right now wants to do. Is it even plausible that we across the board 
can do that. So Sterling and I have been watching this show on um, Netflix. What was it called? Im- not Imposters. That was the show. That was the show we watched. Yeah. Right. It was another show where these children go to the school and everyone is um, kind of mind controlled. And they all speak the same and they all do the same and they are controlled by this one master. And that's the only way I think you could do it equal. So, do you agree with the people that think that their governments can do that for us? Well, I don't mean to. By the way, it's Alex Jones. The day that Alex Jones and I started agreeing was the day that I started worrying about stuff. But. My, 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 I don't think you can do it equally. So you, you can't do it because life doesn't play our game. And I don't right. think we understand that. And I don't think it should. Because you have, yes, you have the awful stories and you have the, the hardship. But you also have the stories. I mean, you hear this all the time of the fable where you have, you know, two sons and they grew up with an alcoholic father. And one says, I'll never drink because I grew up with an alcoholic father. And then the other one's an alcoholic because he grew up with an alcoholic father. Right. right. So I don't I don't think you can. You can't. Because then when you try to make everything equal, you take everyone's individuality away. And do you really want to do that? I think because people, isn't that what you're fighting for? Isn't that really what you're trying to say that everyone has the ability to be individual? Well, if they do have the ability to be individual, then you cannot take their individuality away. You can't do that. Not to make this a political spinoff, but that's exact. That's exactly what my problem is. I think the problem where we get away from liberty is that we forget that people have the chance to be who they want to be. When you try to put everybody into a cookie cutter, you're not an individualistic cookie you're just a part of the of the cookie cutter system that that's all you are thomas jefferson said life liberty and the pursuit he didn't say you got happiness right because people he said pursue it's, differently it's what is and then people turn around and say well he owned slaves well th- so did george washington so did so did oh if you if you're a big fan of the the hamilton play let me tell you what hamilton really did with slaves it's ridiculous to judge people on this kind of stuff it, it is about the pursuit these guys were geniuses for a reason. We have lived in this incredible environment with freedoms that we take for granted every day, and now we're turning around and saying that we want it to all be equal. I I think what it is is that those people saying that stuff just won't control because in all honesty, people are better when they have the chance to absolutely fall flat on their freaking faces. Because it shows if you're going to get up and make something better yourself or you're not going to. And that is no one's choice but yours. I get that some people don't pick themselves up. I understand that. But they have the absolute choice to do that. What knocked them down, what made it hard, what threw them on their face is all an incredible story that we can all share with each other around the bar. But the difference really is if you picked yourself up or not. And that you can't blame on anybody. That's just you. And I think the problem is, is when we turn around and we talk about equality and we turn around and we talk about all these different things that we want, I understand unfair situations. You and I can invite whoever the hell wants to come on this show and talk about unfair situations. We absolutely can. This is why I want to do this show in this time period. 
my lady. I know. It has nothing to do with anything else except did you make that decision to get up? So when we go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, Sterling's sitting there and watching these kids do the same thing in certain ways but excel and get awards. Right. I like the fact that it's there. It's a carrot on the end of the stick that Sterling wants to strive for because I have her in school because I want her to do better. I want her to learn. I want her to grow. I want her to test herself. This is what I want her to do. I don't want her to... uh, This child... Let's also talk about how this child is. This child is incredibly gifted musically. She can dance like like it's nothing. And we can't... nobody else. And we can't find anybody to really push her. She will speak up in a complete crowd. She will get the party started, like she says, constantly. But things come so easy for her. So finding that thing... That's hard for her is not necessarily a bad thing. But when you talk about how it affects her, whose whose job is that? Well, that's ours. That, that, that's our job. We have to nurture that, but that doesn't mean necessarily that we take her out of that situation. It means we pat her on the back. Hey, I'm proud of you for picking yourself back up. Get back in the ring. And I I I think that way too many people have forgotten that. It's easy to talk about it as kids. It's harder to talk about it as an adult. How many times over the past four years since you and I have been together? Five years now? 2016? 2016, yeah. Roll your eyes. I'm talking about whether we've been married or since we met. How many times over the past five years have we had to fall flat on our face? I lost my job twice in one year. We, 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 we've, we've had hardships, but we've gotten ourselves back up, and we've created a family that, that does that. We pat ourselves on the back and we move forward. We're very open with what's going on in our family because we want our kids to learn that. Why is it that people think that that's a positive thing, to take that away from people, as if that's going to make them do better for themselves? Because I have that same feeling that I felt when Sterling came home and said she didn't win any awards. How long did you have that feeling? I mean, for a good hour, and then I was like, what the what are you doing? So their hour is up. I mean, I get it, but I'm just saying I'm I'm not I understand. I just want to say that I get it. It's wrong, but I get it. I get it. I, my first instinct was like, well, hell, she ain't going to the last day of school ever again. I want to tell you a story. It's in my book that you uh, got for me. It was not anything that I, made I, for you. I it was not anything that I wrote in there. And it's actually one of my favorite stories in that book. At my 40th birthday, Maria had a bunch of my friends write something uh, about me. Did I the title? Yeah, it's it's so funny. (laughs) And it's a great book, and it has tons of stories in it, and I really love it. I I went back from as far as I could find, like, your closest friends of, like, because you were saying you didn't feel like you made a difference or you made an impact in 40 years. And so I wanted to prove you wrong on how you made an impact. So... I went back to, like, all these people that I knew that you knew and said, hey, could you just say how Chad made a difference in your life? It's very, it's awesome. And I I still open that thing up and read it every now and then. One of the stories, though, that I've been thinking about while we've been talking is Tommy. My my buddy and I were uh, uh, kind of bigwigs in a hospice organization here in South Carolina. I had left because I'm not an idiot, and I saw what that company was doing. Tommy stuck with him, and he got thrown out on his butt. It was the only time in his life he's ever been fired. 
and it, and it killed him, and he hated it. And he came home, and I'll never forget, I was living with the guy because I was going through my divorce, and I was living with him, this cool little house out near the lake. And he came in, and I was like, it's good drinking. So we went to Liberty on the Lake. I texted all of our friends. Like, every hour, somebody was going to be there with this guy. Like, right. we were going to figure it out. And he sat there, and he didn't, like, drink his, he didn't drink his face off. He probably sat there and looked at one of his drinks for about two hours. It was really, I know this is strange talking about Tommy now. No, I understand. But, yeah. but he, he, went, he went through a really hard time. And then I remember I told him, I was like, I'm going to give you three days. And then three days later, I came in. I'm like, all right, you're putting your resume out to 20 companies a day. At least 20 companies a day. I'm coming in this afternoon. I'm going to ask you which ones they were. And we're going to keep trying to figure out which ones we're supposed to go to. And I came in. He's like, no, nah, I didn't do it yet. And I opened up my computer. I'm like, give me your resume. We're doing it right now. You've had your three days. I understand that we as people need to lick our wounds and we need to feel better. But when we wallow in our sorrow, that's the difference. You get knocked down and you're sitting there and you're laying in the mud. The only thing that you can do to make the situation worse is stay in the damn mud. And Tommy now owns his own hospice, owns his own storage facility, has a beautiful house on that very lake, on one of the holes on the golf course, and just had a brand new baby. The guy's doing very well for himself. As a matter of fact, I should have done that crap because he's uh, he's actually taken one of my ideas and he's done really well with it. But but still, the, the the point is, I get what you're saying where we want to protect our kids and we want to protect our friends, and there is something about it. But eventually we have to tell them, okay, that's enough. Get back in the game. That is true, which is why I was saying... We need to stop making everything equal. Well, that's not what the world wants to do right now. I understand that. And not that I'm trying to say that you're wrong, but I'm just saying. I I get it. I get that you don't want your kids to feel pain. But, you know, I've been doing this new running program, this 30-day breakaway. It's called a 30-day breakaway. And the first couple of times I I did it, I, I puked. I was gonna say you th- you ran so <laughs> you ran so hard you puked twice uh, one I time. I puked right? a couple of times, yeah, yes. And I peed my pants a lot during and this we don't time. We don't tell everybody, right? Everything. No, but I'm like I've pushed my body to the to right. the max, right? right? Like I've done it, and and the whole time she's talking and she's like, "Yes, you can. Yes, you can." Because you're saying, "No, I can't. I can't do this." And she's saying, "Yes, you can. You can do this." She already knows what you're saying to yourself, and and. By the way, know, just to clarify this, this is a, a as an app that Maria has that is giving her a training program. This isn't a strange voice in her head. This right. is an actual right. app. It could be a strange voice in my head. Too. <laughs> it's an app which which coaches you through a running program. Right. That's what it is. And but that I was thinking today, not even as I was listening to her, but I was like, what are we teaching our kids if we just make everything easy? You know, like we got to we got to teach them. We were, you know, you've talked about how you feel like the world is different or or you've had conversations with people where you felt like um, times are different because we don't have the draft anymore. Yeah, that's an idea that my dad brought up. Right. And we talked to to our girls about that the other day. 
And and it was funny because we were going through that very old town, and I can't even remember which old town. Orangeburg. Right. Yeah. It was a very, and, and, and I was just looking at all these houses, these beautiful houses, and how much I would just love to just live there. Like, I would just love to take every one of those houses, and not that we're project people, but just to be able to do that. And I was thinking, and you were talking to the girls about how times were so different back then. And, you know, the whole the whole thing about drafting, I never wanted to have to go back to that world. But at the same time, like it did teach a fight method and we don't we're not teaching a fight method anymore. We're not teaching anyone to fight for anything. I mean, I get it to fight on a keyboard and I get it to like scream at the state house but if but i've said this multiple times if you're protesting and and no one even understands what you're protesting for meaning that your signs are not clear or your message is not clear for people that are passing by to even know what you're even doing what are you doing right are are you really even fighting i feel like we need to get back to the point where we have a matter of fight Figure out what you're fighting for and let people know what you're fighting for. Let people understand what you're fighting for. And maybe it's not even really a fight. Maybe it's just getting people together to have a conversation, to get a different viewpoint, to, to figure out why they feel this way and to, make, to help them understand why you feel this way. Maybe it's not so much of a fight as it just is just like being normal and just being a common conversation it, it is what you just said I, th- I think it goes back to what i was talking about eventually um essentially with what ace and i were talking about the other night it's one thing to say that you want uh, people to understand how you think and you feel in your heart of hearts that's that's it, it is what's right the great thing about a conversation is it challenges you and it's okay to say maybe i'm wrong we have we live in this world where there are people of certain groups that go around because they're told that they can tell everybody, tell everybody else that they're wrong. You, you, you're right. And that's not the way that the world has ever worked. It's never worked that way. There is no time that there has been a what's going on with you and you and your world and your part and your season and where you are is exactly what should happen. Nor is it anything that happened decades ago is something that you were responsible for now. We can play that game as a day is long. We can pass blame for why we feel bad about stuff. We can try to find excuses for why it should be easy or why we shouldn't get up off the mat or why we shouldn't go back to work or why we should just let our kid do whatever the heck they want without teaching them a hard lesson. We can find that, that, that's the easiest thing to do. It is the most intellectually lazy and physically easy thing to do to take that kind of road. The best thing in the world is sitting around having a conversation with somebody that you don't agree with on some things, but it doesn't mean they're a lesser person. Maybe, maybe you'll maybe you'll get something out of it. Maybe they'll get something out of it. Maybe neither of you will get anything out of it. And all of those outcomes are okay. Maybe Sterling will find some drive from this. Maybe she won't. Maybe somebody who's an adult listening to the show will be like, I shouldn't freaking do this crap anymore, and we'll get up and do something different. You and I have lived a life 
where we've seen people that have given up on stuff, given up on jobs, given up on getting over an addiction, getting up, given up on uh, trying to figure out relationships. Our, our life has got millions of those stories. And I don't think people realize that it really comes down to a decision that they have to make, not that anybody else makes for them. You can wait. You can sit around and wait. You can sit around and wait for somebody to come make things better. But you're going to just be sitting around waiting. That's the only thing you're ever going to do is you're just going to be sitting around waiting. That is a really good subject. Hmm. Now, you told me not to make it an hour and a half, but we're at an hour and seven. Let's let's cut it out. <laughs> what is that? What was uh, Raw say? You're off in five, four, three, two. Yeah, so we've been watching. Uh, you... And I really didn't introduce Frasier to. I've oh my gosh, to I love Frasier. We, we've been watching it at night. It's such a great show. It's such a great show. Somebody, I saw somebody bring something up on Twitter the other day, how they talked about why is it that when Frasier moved to Seattle, that he didn't uh, frequent bars like he did at Cheers, and then somebody talked about him going to Cafe Nervosa and how he, he's, well, he he's was more... married and then he had to go. <laughs> oh, you took my joke oh, from did me. I, did I? I didn't even know. I didn't even know I was doing that. I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, well, two great minds think alike. Well, thank you for being on the show tonight. You're welcome. You feel like your point was heard? We shall see. Oh, jeez. I'm not going to read you the emails. <laughs> no, no. Certainly not going to read no, you the emails. No, it's not that. It's just that I hope that... that that person that's feeling guilty for not uh, protecting, uh, not building a big enough fort. I just hope they don't feel less. I hope they feel less guilty. I hope people understand that when they come across something uncomfortable, it it really can just be fuel for the fire. The, the worst situation in the world can sometimes. I, I will tell you this. I told. I remember. I remember sitting at Liberty on the Lake to give them a shout out when Tommy came in. And the, the, the day that Tommy got let go, and I remember looking at him, and I remember I remember saying to him, and I don't know where in the hell I pulled this from, but I remember looking at him, and I'm like, Tommy, this could be the best thing to ever happen to you. And I can't explain it, but maybe it will be. Yep. And in honest God, in a lot of ways, as far as his career was concerned, it absolutely was the pivot point for him. When bad, a lot of different things. When bad things happen, that happens. But we have to make something out of it. We can't sit around and wait for that boat to show up that's going to save and us. And the thing is, is what my point was, is that we can't continue to block them all either. And that was my, that's what I was thinking about. That's why I was trying, that's the whole topic of tonight. It's not just about yourself. You can't always block bad things from happening to other people too. My dad, to, to to wrap it up, my dad told uh, told this story in a sermon of his one time, and I loved it, and it, and it stood with me for forever. And it talks about when people are going through a hard time, and it's my favorite because a lot of people that listen to the show, are not, and a lot of them aren't pro-Christian, so whenever I talk about my dad, I get some really kind of funny emails. But it was really neat because it's talking about people that, like, God's going to save them from everything. Same kind of situation. God's going to save me from anything. The government's going to take care of everything. Somebody else's somebody else's responsibility to come along and and save me from everything. That that that, that they're all in the same boat. They don't realize it. So there's this guy. He was in the middle of a flood. Water started rising. The uh, coast guard came by in a boat. Said, like, "Hey, come on with this." Like, no, 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 no. God's going to save me. God's going to save yep. me. 
work at Rising, so he got up a little bit higher. Guys came by um, in a bigger boat. And he's like, no, no, no. Guy's going to save me. Y'all, y'all take on off. Finally, he's at, the, he's at the pitch of the roof of his house. Waters is lapping up over his feet. Helicopter comes by. No, no, no. Get out of here. My guy's going to save him. So the guy drowned. Right. He goes up to the pearly gates and, and walks up Peter there. And then Peter says. No. He walks up and walks in and talks to God. What are you, what are you talking yeah, about? Peter talks to you before oh, God that's, does. That's that Baptist thinking. Anyway, well, so he, he gets his one. Story too. He gets involved with it. He gets in front of God and he's like, God, I believed in you. I knew you were going to save me. I knew you were going to do it. What in the world happened? And God's like, I sent two boats and a chopper. What in the hell else do you expect me to do? Every now and then we forget that whole thing about that personal responsibility and what we've got to do. I mean, a, a, a bad time that you're going through could be fuel for the fire. The one thing I will say, and this is a topic for another show, is that people forget no matter how bad a time is, it can always be worse. Hmm. Amen. Preach it, brother. Well, with that, <laughs> I want to thank you for listening to this very special episode of Welding a Family that is under the guise of the local bar. We appreciate Joanne Tokarczewski and Scout and Cellar Wines. We've been enjoying them all night. And I'm going to end the show in the old way that we used to do all the time on Welding a Family to see if my counterpart over there remembers it. So until next week, this is me saying take care. Good night. Oh, you remembered. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.